Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, sitting behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show. And it is from the show that's been voted number three on the top 15 podcasts on emotional intelligence by Spot, And so I am excited that you are listening to one of the top shows right now. And I'm in the command center of the Emotelligent Leadership Institute, where I'm going to dig into the vault and get today's show so that what you've come for, you will have. So let me reach in right here and get today's show. There it is. I got it. I got it. And put it down right here. And now we can dive into today's show. And on today's show, we are going to talk about a topic that I believe is not only necessary, I think it's about time, especially on this this show. You may have listened for some time and have heard me talk about toxic workplace and leadership, leading in those time and what needs to happen. But I wanted to, before I even get into that, and I, I... we're thinking about this show and this episode. And for some reason, there's a song that came to my mind. And maybe you might not realize this, <laughs> but you, you probably do. How can't you? How, how, how could you not realize that I am from Jamaica, Jamaica, right? Yemen. <laughs> You know, I know my. I've been teased many times by, including my wife and and others and my my and my kids, right? Who would say, "Dad, you don't even speak a lick of patois, right? Here you are from Jamaica, but you don't speak patois." And I said, "Yeah, I I I do speak it, but it's it just doesn't come out the way that you're thinking it should." And maybe you're listening right now and say, "Come on, Kingsley." You are, you don't, that's not part of what you're talking about. And I said, well, it all depends. I said, it's in there somewhere. I just can't get it out <laughs> the way that I would like to say it. But, but all fun aside, I was thinking about a song by one of my favorite artists. And maybe it's yours as well. So if I ask you on the spot, who is your favorite, your most favorite artist right now as far as a, you know, in the in the world of music and in the music industry, who would you say? Well, one of mine. I have a, a couple or a few, but one of mine is the late Bob Marley. And when I was thinking about this this episode, I'm 
the song that came to my mind, I don't know where it came from because when you hear, I'm going to have a teaser and just share a brief part of that song with you because you'll see where I'm going with this because this song, how it is entitled Duppy Conqueror. Duppy Conqueror. It's a Kingsley Duppy. What's a Duppy? Well, this is just a quick, quick, quick note of what that is. In Jamaica, we call it a Duppy is really a ghost. So that's reference to a duppy. So when you hear people would say, watch out for the duppy. And they're saying, watch out for the ghost, right? And so I remember one time, you know, where I lived in Jamaica and it's in the country and it's very, very dark there. It's one of the beautiful places that you can go and see the stars. Yes, my friend, stars exist. You, If you're in a bright city, you very rarely see the stars at night because of the, you know, the whole light of the, there's the cadence of the city and all of that stuff, right? So it's all this manufactured lighting take away this the beauty of the night. And so I live in a country where, or in the country of the country, Jamaica, where we would have, at, a t- at the time, this is going back where, way back when, we didn't have any street lights. And, and so what happened was, there were street lights in spotty areas. So maybe at a, a, a very, imp- very busy intersection uh, that's miles away from where I lived. You may have some street lights at that time. Now it's it's a whole lot different. And I remember we would walk the streets at night. Now the streets, it's not like a paved, you know, this wide four highway, you know, street. So just imagine what's called a parochial, a parochial road where it's some part, parts are paved, some parts are not, but it's narrow. Actually, Sometimes to get two vehicles passing by, you have to pull over to the side and allow one to pass by, and then you keep on going. It's really an interesting, interesting way of life because to maneuver those and to know that that's how the rules of the road is without nobody teaching you those, right? You learn that. But what happened is many of us didn't have cars. We were fortunate that my dad owned a vehicle at the time, but most people did not have a vehicle. And... At nights, you would walk the streets or is for whatever reason, but it would be so dark, pitch black darkness. I mean, talking about darkness, right? Where you could hardly even see uh, more than a few feet ahead of you. And you're, you're just guided by your instinct and, and hoping that nothing scary would happen. But people would tell these stories about duppies, right? Our ghosts. And what happened was you would be thinking everything that moved in the night in the trees or the leaves that rustle or any sound you hear, oh man, adrenaline would kick in and you, sometimes you'd be running because you want to get out there as fast as possible. Now, I didn't really believe in ghosts per se. However, as a child, remember those things are in your head. And when you were by yourself, Oh, my word. You find and see ghosts or duppies all around. And so Bob Marley's song, A Duppy Conqueror, means that you've conquered the duppies or the ghosts in your life and overcame those, and now you're living a different life. And so this song has to do with, it's almost like an emancipation to get out of, you know, and he does have a song about emancipation, but he talks about the fact that you are set free from the boss and set free from the condition you found yourself in. And some workplace conditions are are just horrendous, to say the least. 
because I'm sure if you have ever been in any of those situations, you know what I'm talking about, right? So, so I really don't have to convince you or try to, to twist arm, twist your arm to, to believe me, but some conditions are, are just horrendous. When I hear people's story and having been talking about this for some time and reading and researching, and, and I come across some things, I'm thinking, come on, these are human beings you're talking about, and you're treating them those, that way. And you wonder why they're not showing up to work ready to work as they, they should. You wonder why the absenteeism is so high. You wonder why the best people are leaving and they should get out of there. Right? Because you you are a person and we are, we all of us have dignity and there's something about us. I don't know, in some situations, in some parts of the world, unfortunately, people have no rights. They have no say. And they are, they have to just follow the orders because that's a very dominant society. And there's, you know, there's a dictatorial kind of thing. And that's what people are used to. And, you know, but I believe deep inside of someone's heart, there's a need, there's is a cry. And, and see if you agree with me on this. There's a cry for freedom, for autonomy. We all want to, I believe God, who I believe in God and God as a creator, I believe God created us with a desire to be, to be autonomous and have some freedom. Now, I mean, not freedom to do ex- everything we want to do because we have to have some restrictions in life, right? Laws and rules, all those things we need to have. But within that, a freedom to make decisions and choices for ourselves. But some places, some people have no say, unfortunately. And what Bob Marley was talking about is freedom from the boss and from the the place where you find yourself feel imprisoned and and helpless. And that is what some people are feeling in the workplace. So I love this song, and you may have heard so far parts of the song playing in the background. But but here's part that I believe that speak to this issue that I've just addressed. Listen. Now, did, did you did you get the words? Did you understand? I hope you did. Right after I explained, hopefully by now you understand. You, you you get the picture of where Bob Marley was going, right? Doppy conqueror. <laughs> Let me stop right there and not go any further. You've heard the man himself. You don't need me to add my two cents, which is not a good two cents anyway. But here's where we're going with this. And I know I've taken some time to get to this place, but I wanted to share a backdrop for you. But here's what I find that there's this elephant in the room in toxic workplace or work environment that somehow people tiptoe around and avoid. And there are reasons why. You know, I was speaking to someone who was sharing with me their story. They were working in this place where the, the, the owner of the company who had hired this person, their son, the owner's son, played a very important role in the company. He was like, not 
like given the, the role of a president or that position, but he acted as if he he was. Because it's his dad who owns a company, right? But this person that was sharing with me about the son, how horrible he was. You know, he would be drinking. I mean, he would show up drunk sometimes on the job. He would just be just, you know, not doing his work. He would just kind of waste a lot of time. But yet he would, you know, of course, because he's his dad who owns a company, he would get this pass, right? He would get almost like a slap on the wrist every now and then. And and this person was so frust- frustrated because every time they would they would do their own work, but if they're dependent on the son to be, uh, to, you know, in this project they were working on, they were being, you know, either dismissed or delayed or whatever. Their work was being affected and, and they could, they felt trapped. Where do you go with that feeling? And this son was so toxic. I mean, he would cuss and act belligerent and treat the other people like nothing, like dirt, you know. So how dare him do that, right? He would treat people like dirt, like he he was it. He had nothing. He, he only happened to be the son of the owner of the company, but yet he acted as if he was so much and, you know, this kind of person that, and my, the person that was telling me this, this story is a very educated person. This person have a PhD. So it was a very educated person who happened to be working in a position that they just found themselves in. Life hit them hard. And so they're working in this place. And they were, I mean, every day. When I, I would not speak to that person every day. But when I did speak to them, they would tell me about, huh, I would see this person walking and I can tell, oh, boy, it seemed like they've had a rough day. It seemed like they've had, you know, they've gone through the, the fiery trial, so to speak, right? And, and you know how you can see that on people. And, and that is what happens sometimes. A person who finds themselves in a, in a toxic work environment, you look at them. Their, their countenance speaks volumes, right? They're stressed. They're aging before your very eyes. They're, 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 you know, as they, they look like they haven't slept because they may not have been sleeping well, stress and all those different things. And this is what the person was feeling. And I'm thinking, come and you know, part of my, my, my response is, why don't you just leave? Why don't you just pack up and just say, hey, you know, tell them where to go nicely and then leave. And they would say to me, Kingsley, it's easier said than done. And I said, you are right. It's not for me to tell you just to leave because I don't know your circumstances fully as you do. And this person's circumstance was where they had to tread lightly because they, their history kind of restricted them where they could work, right? Let's put it that way. And so they have to really kind of put up with what it is that they would not have normally put up with had they had many other options, and that's where people find themselves sometimes where they don't have any more many options and they 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 have to put up with such garbage and come on it shouldn't be that way should it however they do and this is an elephant in the room because in this person's case where does he where does he the son fit into all of this what what does he the son say when he begin to defend himself whenever someone brings charges against him. 
So this person felt like, okay, I can't go to this person's dad, his dad, because what would his dad say? His dad may say some things here and there, but what this person said to me was, they, I, I've done that, but nothing has happened. Nothing has happened. And, and so they kind of, you know, decided, well, maybe not even say anything is not worth it. But everyone know the toxicity and they're treading like walking on eggshells in that place. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever felt that way? And so some leaders don't address it and don't want to because of a relationship like this case, father-son. It may be what this person means to the organization or to the owner or to the person who makes the decision for the company. So it could be a relationship thing. Secondly, people may not address the elephant in the room because of the value, right? The value. So not only the relationship, but the value that person brings to the organization. And they don't want to to kind of, um, you, uh, you know, how you would say, they don't want to rock the boat because that person may tell them where to go and just walk out and they know what that may mean for the organization, which is and should not be the case. You should never be held over a barrel as an, an owner or a leader because somebody knows you need them. If you are sending that message that you need them and you can't do without them, shame on you. Stop it. Get some 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 coaching, mentoring. Nip it in the bud today. Okay? Yes, you heard me. Nip it in the bud today. Yes, me friend. Me have to free again. <laughs> no, you got to nip it in the bud right now, right? That's the second thing. And so they feel that they're, they're kind of um, held hostage, right? Owners, leaders are held hostage. And so the elephant in the room is not addressed. Thirdly, so the first thing was the relationship. Secondly, it was a value of the person to the organization. Thirdly, it could be that the leader is afraid it may show them up, right? It may feel like they're, they, they are a failure. They're failing at it. And they don't want to act as if they are a failure. So to address the elephant in the room called toxicity, they, are, they avoid it because it reflects on them and they don't want that to happen. So it's best to put your head in the sand and you know when your head is in the sand, what's sticking out, right? Yeah. And, and so, <laughs> you know, it's sticking out. So what happened is, it's like, you know, playing a game with a little child and and you say, let's play hide and seek. And I remember when my kids were much, much smaller at that stage of life where we play hide and seek and they would put their head in, you know, under the cover or on the, the pillow on the couch or wherever. And they feel because they, they're thinking, because they're not seeing you, but their body, their butt is sticking out. Their body is sticking out everywhere else. They feel as if they're hiding from you and you don't see them. And as a parent, you act as if you don't see them. And you go, ooh, you're right? And they like jump because how did you find me? I don't know. Just happened to have this third eye and I saw you from a distance. I smelled you. I could taste you, right? You could act that way to your child and they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> right? So that is, sometimes some leaders do that. 
they put their head in the sand and act as if they don't want to bring that to anyone's attention because to do so would mean they would show themselves up. So they don't, they avoid it. They avoid it, right? Fourthly, why they it made the elephant in the room? Because probably they don't even know the elephant is in the room. Very, very unlikely. Very, very unlikely. Now, I could say this, that sometimes the upper leaders don't know the elephant is in the room, but yet they're looking at the numbers, right? Productivity is down. People are requesting sick days more often. They're, they're not meeting quota as they would like to. So they're, they're wondering what's going on. Something is wrong, right? And they're thinking about all those things. So what happened is that they may not know, but the leaders who are right there, they know. They see what's going on. They know what time it is. But they, they don't pass it on because they want to look good before the bosses, their owners, you know, uh, in the eyes of their owners. So they avoid that. You, you see what I'm talking about? And this continues. Now, what happened is they will now be open to let's bring in training. That's what we need. We need training. We need leadership training. Well, maybe. But here's what happened. The leadership training they're bringing in is to stack on a foundation that's toxic and try to teach leaders how to be to lead and to be organiz- have an organizational leadership approach and time management and and all of those different things that which is you know nothing against those they are very important and we need to have them but i believe that you can't add that on a foundation that's crackly that's cracking that's porous that's crumbling because of toxicity it won't work. It may have some temporary results. You may get some temporary, seemingly um, kind of return on your investment where things kind of change for a brief time, but it's not sustainable because you need a proper foundation to sustain that. So what happened is the idea of the elephant in the room must be addressed first. It must be acknowledged. It must be that, be brought. you know, it, and it's not like it's not hard to find out. It's not hard. Look around. Notice. Listen. Pay attention. Ask questions. Become engaged and involved. Talk to your people. Get to see and know. It's not, it's it's right there before the very your very eyes. So it's not hard to find out. So what happened is before you put money into tr- all this training. I call it throwing money down the drain. Before you do all of that, can I suggest what you need to do first? Yes, get toxicity out of the way. Cure it first. Deal with it first. Turn around, I mean, remove it, you know, eliminate it. You've got to be, it's it's one of those harsh realities and radical Surgery has to be done. It cannot be delayed. It cannot be, you can act as if. Don't add one more cent of training on top of toxicity. Deal with it. Yes, you may have some fallout. Yes, you may have some kind of pushback. But look at the long term. Look at, as as Simon Sinek would say, the infinite game. 
is not just for today. This is a reset. This is a cultural reset. This is a way of turning things around and say enough is enough. We cannot allow this bleeding to continue. We cannot allow ourselves to be held hostage to. We've got to do a leadership you know, reset. I mean, a turnaround here. We've got to detox, detoxify a toxic work environment. We've got to do something. We've got to cure this baby. It's ill. It's sick. Fix it. Get it healed. Get rid of it. Do something. Hmm. Sounds like I'm passionate, right? I'm excited. Yeah, I am. I. It, it eats me up. Why? Because I believe human potential is locked in. It's locked in because of this toxicity. And we need to set the human spirit free. We need to unleash the human potential and see what can happen. And that's why I'm working on a book about this very topic where it's to encourage you to make sure this is a priority first and then watch and see how productivity, performance, and people's satisfaction skyrocket. Watch and see that. If that's what you want, this is your path to that place. No other way is going to get you there. You've got to deal with these things. You've got to be honest. You've got to acknowledge it exists. Look around. Look around. You know, I'm putting together 15 questions that you can ask, you know, you can answer yourself, but I would suggest getting team members involved and ask them, have them have their input. Anonymously ask these 15 questions. And if nine or more of those are yes, you are in a red zone. You are in immediate danger zone and you've got to act quickly or you're going to lose it all. It's only a matter of time. As a matter of fact, you are already losing it, but you don't see it. It's not showing up yet on the, the, on, on the radar. It will show up sooner or later. But that's one of those 15 questions I have, and I made it available, right? The 15 questions, assessment, assessment questions to see whether or not you have a toxic organization and it needs to be addressed immediately, right? I also have written an article on LinkedIn and my website, kingsleygrant.com. And you, if you read the article about, I kind of compared dealing with the, right now we are dealing with, others, as of this recording, the coronavirus and how to deal with that and, and why that must get the attention and, and radical attention that it's getting, how the toxic work environment had to be treated that way. And I also cited some very, some statistics of the numbers, the cost to organizations and companies when that is left unchecked and, and um, to, yeah, left unchecked, right? So this elephant in the room must be dealt with because if not, you're throwing money down the drain and it's time for you to invest wisely, right? See, I'm advocating for you, for you as a leader, but also as a owner. I want to see... Everyone wins, not just the person who's experiencing the toxicity. Yes, of course, I want to see that person be, yes, me friend, me free again. I can't even remember the words right now, but I'll play a little bit of that right here where let Bob Marley speak for himself, right? But that's what we need to do. So the question is, how do we do this? Well, there's a number of ways. And of course, I won't use this episode to answer that. I'll simply say, reach out to me. If I, I, you know, let me help add value. Let me help you in the regards or add value to you or, or bring in a, a perspective 
and some skill set and tools that could possibly help you through this process, right? If it's something you could identify as, as such, the elephant in the room, uh, you can do that through coaching, consulting, keynote speaking. But see, my keynote is more of a transformational keynote or inspirational message that I do, meaning that we talk about these things. It's not just a rah-rah, you know, pump you up and fire you up and send you out the door. No, we're looking at solutions. We're looking at how do we fix this? What do we need to do? So I could teach them skills of conflict resolution, communication skills, listening skills, asking good questions skills, using self-awareness or emotional intelligence skills, how to put those skills to work. These are the skills that are going to help you to navigate this process. Yes, you've identified it. It's the first thing to identify, acknowledge, admit it's there. But then where do you go from there? That is what I help you with. And so if I could be of assistance, make sure you reach out to me at my website, kingsleygrant.com, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y-G-R-A-N-T.com. If you are on social media, just type in Kingsley Grant and you can find me on most social media that you know that are very popular today, and especially on LinkedIn. Direct message me. There's a phone number there or email is there as well. Just reach out to me. Let's set up a schedule, a, a meeting, a consultation, whatever it is. Bring me to your organization to do some consulting or, again, some training so we can actually, once and for all, take care of this elephant in the room. Let's not let it continue. And let's eat this elephant one bite at a time. Okay? So, my friend, remember this. You are one skill away from that. One skill away. That's a skill I want to help you with. That one skill. Turn things around. Okay? So, before we close out, let's put this show back into the vault. It's one that really needs to go into the archives for, for, for some time to come. So, here we go. Let's do it. Here we go. Here we go. There it is. Now that this show is tucked away safely into the vault, I can safely exit the command center of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute and say to you, my friend, it was great having you here. Thank you for being here. And I truly enjoy my time with you. With that said, peace out. God bless. And I'll see you on the flip side. Yeah.